with some stuff. No, 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 it's easy, easy. It's well, easy. it will be. It will be stuff I've never heard before because I'm talking to you. That's true, actually. Yeah. That's <laughs> actually be like, Felix, tell me about the times we hung out and let's reminisce about. Okay, so one time I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking to Felix. Woo! Actually, stop before I even start. Okay. I, I usually have a preamble for you. Um, if you talk about anything and you don't want that out in the public, then just tell me we cut it out. Uh, if you do this and go, that was terrible, destroy it, then I destroy it. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, yeah, if there's any questions that you don't want me to ask or you don't want to answer sometimes in the moment you will answer them and then say can we cut that bit out especially people talking about family that tends to totally they're like oh i spent 20 minutes talking about this person but i don't really want that out there um and the other thing is just if you need time to think of an answer this is the obvious thing this is like the 130 something that i've done but it took me like 110 to work this out you can pause and think about it the microphone, man, it does. It does yeah, it does. People. It does weird things. So, we we're a bit pressed for time because I've got an actual proper a meeting ILP with a parent a bit later, which sucks. But anyway, it's like school finishes tomorrow, and I'm still doing this. We'll speed run it. All right, let's go. All right, I'm talking to Felix. Woo! It's Felix Clayton, everyone. Yeah. That's how me. how would we describe Felix? That's a really good question. So Felix is a, an ex student of mine. Uh, I was Felix's case manager. Uh, when was that? Year 12 for you? Yeah, what? so 2019. 2019, yeah. Uh, I came on maybe one third of the way through the year uh, and replaced your previous case manager. And yeah, then we sort of just had lots of chats. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I think, I think the first time we really were like, oh, this is pretty cool was... Yeah. In Melbourne, when I said, "Do you like Radiohead?" <laughs> That's right. So yeah, we went on the uh, on an excursion for psychology, the subject. Yeah. And uh, I don't teach psychology, but I know the teachers who do, and sometimes that's important. And you needed a male to come, and I said, "Yes, I will absolutely go to Melbourne for however many days, four days." Was it four days? Oh, it might have only been three. I thought it was. I thought it was like two. It was whirlwind, and it was by bus. We did so much. And we did, yes, yeah. we did a lot. And I, 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 that's true. It might have only been two full days, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it was, because I think we left We left overnight. We did an overnight bus yeah. trip, didn't we? And then we um, we arrived really early that morning and then went straight into it. And then we and just hit it. I think neither of us got any sleep on that bus ride. No, it um, sucked. And, no, I, I, what, I what we realised, what Betty and I realised, because it was me and Betty Chow and... Natalia, mm -hmm. and what Betty and I realized was when you have children, it prepares you for those kinds of things. Because Natalia was wrecked, and we were like, hey, everyone, this is our plan for today. And she was like, how are you like this? And we're like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, wait. This is just like we've been up all night. We've had, you know, maybe three hours sleep in four, four chunks. That's awesome. And uh, now it's 7 a.m., and <laughs> no one slept, and we've been on a bus and now let's go. We have to go straight to the museum and museum zoo. Oh, the zoo! I yeah. forgot the zoo happened. Oh, that was the wildest trip of my life. Yeah. My goodness. Why was that the wildest trip of your life? <laughs> okay, this is the part where you have to cut everything out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I think I made some some of the best and worst decisions of my right, life over right, that right, you know, right. what forty eight hours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that kind of intensity brings that. I think any any kind of excursion or camp or even a, a couple of times i was lucky to go to japan with school trips mm. people make very good and very bad decisions under yeah yeah it's i guess it's stressful yeah in a different kind of way when you haven't really slept and we're like now we're going to the zoo there's lions behind us while we're doing a workshop i can't remember what it was about because i was distracted because it's right where the lions are i don't remember anything except um the part where we walked around a corner and then in front of us there was a gorilla who was just furiously going at his penis like <laughs> so, that man whew, and he didn't he didn't care that everyone was looking no that's going, right 
Yeah. That's why you go to the zoo. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. We get to see a huge gorilla going at it or throwing his poop at you. That's all. <laughs> what more is there to do? That was, I do remember very clearly because my daughter was home. I was going to say she was homesick, but I remember now that uh, her grandma, so my mother-in-law, had come down mm. for a couple of days while I was away. And Noelle had probably said, <laughs> and Grandma said, we better have the day off and hang out and go to the shops. And so she got to hang out. But I remember FaceTiming them at the giraffe enclosure because she's always been a huge mm. giraffe fan. That's nice. Uh, so that was pretty cool. That was, yeah, wow. I haven't really thought about that trip for I, a while. I was also sick because I remember, I think the first place we went was the um, the museum. Yeah. And I was just there like sniffling and oh, <laughs> yeah. trying not to fall asleep. You kept on being... <laughs> Stop snoring through it. Uh, there was all, we also went and see a musical, Come From Away. Yeah, that was oh, that was great. Which needed to be because I was going to fall asleep. Like yeah. that's that would be my on the poster. That would be my comment. Was it was so good I didn't fall asleep because it wouldn't have taken much for me. I feel to like see, there's like, some further context needed. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, <laughs> it kept me awake. <laughs> what a great review. Um, yeah, so we we. Yeah, went all this, and then we yeah we went to the the second day. We actually looked at the use of psychology yeah. in art mm-hmm. or art as a as a way of oh, I don't know treatment was that the term I can't remember. I, I don't actually remember. But it was about how if people struggling with mental health could use artistic expression to oh. explain their point of view. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I th- remember. I don't remember any of the art that we actually we actually looked at except for one and yep. it was like it was this brown backdrop and it was this lone figure like super minimal standing there and the, he was being rained on but the the rain droplets were drawn so thick yeah it was called like rain of nails or something like that Jesus. and it was it was just really striking mm. yeah. yeah and that was it that was the moment that's when uh, felix said just randomly do you like radiohead <laughs> can you remember <laughs> my you response like Radio- um, I think you were a little bit shocked. You were like, yes, yes, I do like Radiohead or something like that. <laughs> Just it was it was very sort of, you know, concise. Self, a self-contained. Bit. Yeah, v- very contained. And yeah. But there was definitely something considerate there. Like, how do I actually articulate yeah. exactly how awesome that question is to be asked? That's right. It was <laughs> such an awesome question to ask. And it was also like you have to have restraint. You can't be like, yes, because if if you're like, oh, I just started listening to In Rainbows. And I really like it. Then yeah. I'm, I'm going to. That's too strong to be like, oh my god, yeah. What about this, this, and this? But but no, I I I was at my peak at that point. Like I right. listened to everything, and I was, you know, I knew I knew all the song titles. I've dropped off a little bit, but that's only because I've brought in my music taste. Have you been listening? Did you listen to the Smile? With the I did. The yeah. Offshoot. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think. I think the only issue I had with it is it, it just felt kind of safe. Well, not not safe. That's the wrong word. I just think for me. Yeah, every time I listen to a Radiohead album and it's one that I really love, it always just has such a different palette, like sound palette to it. Yeah. Whereas that one was like, oh yeah, this is like it Tom sounds. Solo stuff. Yeah, like you said, it sounds like yeah. other things. Whereas all yeah. their other music very rarely sounds like other things, I guess. And I think just like specifically with um, in Rainbows, like that album, I've never sounded anything like some of the um some of the songs yeah. on that album like um reckoner for yeah. example is like it's almost like a shoegaze trip hop yeah like rainforest ballad or something like it's it's just i've never found anything that sounds like that song yeah. or body snatches that's probably the other one yeah um and yeah that's that's just awesome whereas the smile it was like this is good but i think like smoke or something is yeah. the track that stands out yeah but yeah that's right that's the one that everyone's like oh you should yeah. listen to this one yeah. um what about his solo stuff i mean i mm. i this year certainly got obsessed with the suspiria I was about soundtrack say, yeah and Suspirium in particular like the is, movie or? yeah well i love the movie yeah weird I haven't, actually, the, I haven't actually seen it but i know it's a remake it's really weird i mean the original thing the original the I can't remember his name. That's going to annoy me. It's an Italian director from like the seventies. Really weird. Yeah. Argento, Argento, maybe something like that. Uh, and I watched that way too young and was like, "Whoa, this is." I just remember red, a lot of red lighting, blood, 
red clothing. Yeah, it's about like dancing or something. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the remake um, was just, I, I guess, a movie in the vein of like, I ne- I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. But yeah. I was just hooked from the minute it started. It was so good. Yeah. And it's, bizarre. It's really interesting when you find a film like that. Yeah. Where it it really engages you. And you're, the next thing you think after you've watched it is, I'm never watching that again. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't need to watch that again. Yeah. It's really cool. But it's got like Tilda Swinton at just oh, peak Tilda Swinton. I mean, awesome. it's, she's always peak, but holy crap. In that one, you're just like, wow. Have you seen um, Snowpiercer? Yeah. Because yeah. her in that just blows me away because she's not really that important of a character and no. she's not really in it that much. But no. the performance she gives is 110%. She's just good at everything. And she can Amazing. be like as straight down the middle. Like even like Michael Clayton, you know, George Clooney movie, which is about like as when you, if you read the description of it, it's really dry and it's business intrigue and all that. And she's like a high finance i can't remember but you're like holy shit like she can be terrifying and just changes up but i i like um uh only lovers left alive which is a jim jarmusch uh vampire movie wow and it's kind of uh i don't know very sort of i don't know if nick cave did some of the soundtrack for it but it's kind of you know if you listen to a lot of nick cave then i can see you enjoying the aesthetic of the movie but that's probably my favorite Tilda Swinton yeah that yeah. one's pretty good no, that's awesome yeah. I, oh, now, you, now you're talking about Nick Cave <laughs> it's, oh, it's actually really frustrating I'm glad that I can talk about Nick Cave now yeah. because um, when, when I was interviewed for that article I probably spent you know 20 minutes sitting there talking about Nick Cave and none of yeah. it appeared in the article okay what, so alright now can you imagine my job with Felix was to help Felix, when you were feeling overwhelmed and try and calm down and center yourself, it never didn't really work. It just sort of, I guess maybe this did, did help, but this is how our conversations actually went with like shooting yep. all over the place. Yeah. Okay. So, so there, right. How many steps back do we got to go? Okay, yeah. um, Strike that from the record. No, no, no. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So we're, we're in Melbourne. You ask me if I like Radiohead. Yep. I'm like, oh, that's great. We should be friends. Uh, and then eventually, I think throughout the day, I was like, I, I really do. Tell me more. You told me like what you just said. Oh, like all of this, every, all of these songs. And I was like, cool. I saw them in 2012, four or five times yeah. during the concert. My brain wouldn't work. I just remember. I, this is secondary. But I remember my dad was a huge Meatloaf fan. Sure. Huge. Um, and we bought him tickets for Christmas to go and see Meatloaf probably, I don't know now, like 15 years ago, maybe more, when he probably still could sing at a, a reasonable level. And him and mum went, and I remember afterwards, like, so excited to hear, like, how was it? Like, oh, did you, were you just up and just, like, dancing the whole time? And I remember mum saying, he just, no, he just sat there. And I was like, what do you mean he just sat there? And he's like, he just sat there. And I asked Dad, and he was like, I just couldn't believe I was there watching it. And I was like, yeah. huh. And then, yeah, I remember years later going to see Radiohead and being like, that's what that is. Like, this is so overwhelming. And everything I've always wanted to see them live, and now they're playing songs live, and I'm here, and they're right in front of me, and it's better than anything I've ever heard. And the crowd's going off. I think I saw Radiohead and I was at, literally at, on the, at the back row at the, I don't know what it's called now, the Entertainment Centre, which mm. was a fairly small venue for them. I don't know, like it's only 12, 15,000. But we were at the very back row, but directly in front of them. Yeah, wow. So it was sort of, we were sort of like had the view of the whole crowd and them. And it was just like, like that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm not coping. Like four or five times, I was like, I'm not really coping. This is too intense. Uh, yeah, I, I get that, to be honest. When I went to, in 2019, I went, no, it was 2018? Mm-hmm. At some point. No, it's definitely 2019. I went to I went to GTM and I saw Billie Eilish there. Yeah. And I felt the same way. It was like, oh, there's, there's, there's a woman up on stage performing really pretty songs. It's like, that. no, that's not Billie Eilish. <laughs> that's not real. Especially right. because at that point she was like, she just emerged yes. and her whole marketing campaign had been really like person coming out of nowhere, really mm. mysterious. And, um, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, how old was she then? 15, 16. Same age as me. Oh, right. Her and I, I think seven days apart in age. Right. 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 Oh, 
Wow. She might be a year younger, a year, old, a year older, but yeah. Yeah, but um, real, quite young even yeah. then, 2019. Yeah, I think her birthday's, I remember it's the 18th of December. Right. So we're four days apart. It's coming up, better send yeah. her a message. Yeah, no, I remember that because for some reason, so many of the people in my life had their Wait, birthday, your birthday on the 18th. Was your birthday yesterday or in, four, in no, seven no, days? No. Yeah, 22nd. 22nd. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, right. So many people have their birthday on the 18th. On the 18th. And because our group of friends just in, in my media class, I think two or three of them had their birthday on the 18th. And then we found out about Billie Eilish. And then I think there was an actor in Love Actually or something. It was, some, it was one of those yeah. sorts of things that just became a thing well it's the uh the birthday paradox right where Mm. there's a one in if you have a group of 50 people in a room random 50 people in the room then there's a ridiculous 95 percent chance that two people will share the same birthday like mathematically yeah it's a paradox the birthday paradox and i remember saying that to a year 12 class and you know of course they were like no i'm like it's a paradox for a reason it doesn't make sense it really doesn't, but it's true. And they're like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And then we found out two people in the class had the same birthday and that just broke their brains. There's like 21 yeah. people in the class. And they're like, whoa. Like, I don't know why That's that awesome. happens. But That's awesome. So we're in Melbourne. Yes. We, we like Radiohead. Yep. It's a good time. We're not sleeping. Sometimes. <laughs> I was, I, I mean, that was just from a mental health perspective. I was just... Something was going on there, man. Right, right. Um, I remember I was talking to someone else who was on the trip, who was a peer of mine, yep. and telling her all about just how, just all of these feelings of existential dread. There was like a buzz of just nihilism in my stomach. Yeah. And um, and I just remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I've never felt so nothing before, mm-hmm. um, so intensely as well. Um, so... You had that going on. But then I was also trying to work out what my Project 12 short film was going to be. And it it sort of clicked on that trip exactly what I wanted. And the person who I talked to about composing for the film was also on the trip. So I talked to him. And then obviously I talked to you. um, And then I was telling you about some of my existential feelings. And I remember you you saying a line from In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. And I knew exactly what it was. I'm like, that's In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. and then I went back to my room later and I just listened through the whole album because before that point I hadn't. I only knew the title yeah, that's track. A, right, right, right. And then it became my favorite album. And for the next six months, I just listened to that album over wow. and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we like music. Crazy. But so much happened in that trip. Like it, it, you yeah. could spread that out over a month. Yeah. And it would be a normal mm-hmm. sort of crazy month of your life. But oh. Yeah, you just compress. That's what happens. That's what happens on school trips is like... All right. And like I said, you're a perfect age to not sleep, have, have existential Woo. nihilist dread in your stomach. I'm better with that now. We're, we're hanging out at the zoo. We're hanging out at museums. We're hanging out looking at... Musicals. Guess, musicals. Talk about emotion. Yeah. yeah. We're looking at art uh, from... I can't remember the title of it, but yeah, helping disturbed mm. people with art or something like that. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on. And then we went out to dinner. I remember that was good because the teachers yeah. uh, ditched the students. We that's, played board games. That's always a good... Yeah, and then we went, met up and played board games, some sang karaoke. Oh, no. No, I know what you're talking about. We mm-hmm. had like... It was crazy because we had four hours yeah. to just walk around the mall yes. and do whatever. hang around. And to all of us, that was mind-blowing because it's like, we're on a school trip and these dudes are just like... All right, fuck off. Go do your thing. And yeah. it was awesome. We want to have dinner, just the three of us, and just breathe out and not have to worry. And yeah. Betty, I think Betty set you all a challenge to, you know, show me where you are, but oh, you have yeah. to be animals from the we zoo or be, something like we that. We had to be a lion, yeah. yeah. And I remember um, in the text she sent, there was a specification that only one person had to do it. So the people I was with just let me make myself look like an idiot. And then they're, they're pretty smiling like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, all right. I've still got that photo. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, you're right. We certainly did cram it all in, and then we left the yeah. next morning. And the more I think about it, I completely forgot about the board games. How did so much stuff happen then? I don't know. And then we we called the bus home, mm. and I thought I'll sleep on the bus, but I didn't. Oh, but I didn't need to, because or a tip out there for any teacher or person who's going on a trip: if they say we need a, a male or or a female to go. 
and that means you're the only male or you're the only female, that means you get your own room. And that, that's the business. So in a, I don't know where, where all the students were sleeping, probably in like gross dorms with shared bathrooms. Yep. I had my own room with my own private bathroom. It was a delight. Phenomenal. So, I mean, when, I've been in, on a Japan trip where they put me on a different floor. <laughs> so I couldn't even... Wow. Students didn't know where I was. That was a good time. That's awesome. The, the in te- Japan too. Yeah, the other teachers were up on the same floor as the students and I was on a separate floor for like three nights. That was a good time. Japan too? Yep. Awesome. May have had like a sneaky chew high every night just as the sanity juice. Good times. Um, anyway, so that's kind that of happens. like I was your case manager for I guess four months up until that point. But it was really that trip where I was like, all right, that's cool. We get each other. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's going to make things easier from now on. And, and that's pretty much what you what we did from then on. You said the room we're in now, where we're recording, you were like, oh, I've got a lot of memories. And like, oh, what of? And you were like, room. oh, coming in, coming in to you know go over assessment and, and talk through stuff, I guess. And we always just ended up talking about Radiohead. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. that was it. What about this lyric and what about that? And yeah, I mean, and other things too. It was just always stuff that was completely irrelevant to what we were yeah. actually meant to be But doing. a lot of times that's... That's what you need, right? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's to reframe your head away from, <clears throat> oh, I'm so stressed about everything. And you're like, I mean, oh, yeah. You know, if I needed something to be done on an assignment, I could just, you know, message you, yeah. send you an email. But yeah. um, being able to pause school for a second, come and have a chat about mm. something that's just like whatever, and then, then leave. It's like, cool, I'm reset. I'm good. That was... I'm, I'm just going to write that down because I might steal it. Oh, like sure. pausing school as like what I do in in this job is probably a good way to describe it. Yeah. Like, oh, you think you're coming to see me to talk about school, but what do we don't? What if we just talk about other stuff? And that that's cool because I think, um, you know, it was great because I came in and I always had the expectation of, oh, we're going to talk about school stuff, but that never happened because the conversation was just sort of allowed to become whatever it wanted to become. Yeah. And that was great. Um and then, you know, quickly do the paperwork and then rush out the door. And then go, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, cool. Now, what did we have to do again? And then write it down. Usually yeah. that was my problem of like, wait, what was the purpose of this meeting What's again? What's the problem again? Uh, yeah. 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 And then you were gone. Yep. And then it was over. Out of school. 17.1 points. Yes. 17.1. I got over the line you by think, point 0.1. You think you're great, do you? I got a student over the line yesterday. They graduated. 17.0. Damn. Yep. That point one is just, it's like golf, you know? The that's lower right. score, the better. That's right, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. That's they, perfect. That, that's basically 99.95 ATAR in my books, you know? It's close now. It's the same result. You get the same level of like achievement and pride. I think so. Yeah. I, I think I've gotten a pretty good use out of my 17.1 points. Yeah, no, I would agree. But your, seven, your points that you got over the line with was because we made the last semester a bit, you know, easier. You know, we, we definitely took, did. We took subjects away, so you weren't doing as much classes anyway. Yeah. And then we sort of scrounged and scrimped and looked at figures and we aligned the stars <laughs> in just the right way. It's like being hey, look, a, Zeus. it was like being an accountant. I was just like, oh wait, wait, wait a minute. We need to find another point here. What if we take it from over here and put it here? Yeah, we managed. Let's steal some of his peers' points. Hang on. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That person's got 22. They don't need that. It's not fair. We need equity somehow. Um, so you uh, graduated with a plan to do what? Like, did you have an idea when you left school? No. Not at all. Um, I, I um, left school and I immediately... I think I think some things kicked into gear um, that are just sort of patterns in my brain, and I was not aware of them until probably probably early this year. Yeah. But, but they kicked into gear straight after school, and that's that. I'm I'm hyperactive on a really big scale. I can't sit still in life. Um, the other so there was one point where I bought I bought a PlayStation 5 and I'd actually gotten one and I was super excited to play it because they just remastered my favourite game of all time for the PS5 specifically what game? Demon Souls mm-hmm. um, and we're sitting there we are we're, we're sitting there I'm, I start playing it I get about half an hour in and I'm like what the fuck am I doing with my life and right. instead of just enjoying playing this game I yep. get up and um, I go and start doing whatever I don't remember what it was it was probably writing or something yep. um, but 
that was much later on. Straight out of school, I immediately have nothing to do. I have no classes that I'm meant to go to. Um, I'm single again. um, And my life is just nothing. And so I go out and I immediately get two jobs and I start volunteering at Vinnie's three days a week. And not not because I necessarily want to work or volunteer, but I just need to fill my life up with stuff. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm picking up these three awesome kids from, from their house every morning, making them food or, I mean, they often made food themselves, um, driving them to school, playing D and D with them. Um, and then I'm running off to Vinny's and helping out over there. Mm -hmm. And then when it's school time, I go pick the other kids up and then I take them home and make them have a tea until their parents get home. And then, um, on the days where I'm not doing that, I'm, you know, doing my photography work, or I was part of a photography, no, sorry, like a videography conglomerate for a while. We were doing videos for gyms. And so I just like did that yeah. and random stuff. And then I got a job at EB Games and um, was doing casual work there for a while. Uh, and then did some management there. So just like random stuff. Yeah. Um, sort of filled up my life. Um, so why do you think you had that need or you have that need to, I mean, it's a pretty common thing yeah to like have to have you like to fill your life up but what was what was the risk of not filling your life up i think um i think i'm really terrified of the idea of getting to the end of a day and feeling like i've done nothing with it yeah and i'm a very you know kinesthetic person i need to be able to hold something Mm -hmm. and so i started doing stuff that would physically tire me out so I would feel it at the end of the day or things that I could hold that I'd made yeah. or, you know, read like a poem or, you know, part of a storyboard for a film or something. Um, because if I ever got to the end of the day and looked back and went, I don't remember a single thing I've done. I could have done a million things and hung out with tons of friends and had some amazing conversations that have changed my life. But if I can't feel that at the end of the day right. or see it, yeah, I, f- I feel completely unproductive. So I, I just started... Yeah, I just started finding ways to prove to myself, no, it's okay. You're valid. It's all good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of where... It, it's interesting because one of the things I've sort of realized about myself recently is my approach to making my art stuff is significantly closer to, to fiddling rather than hmm. creating art. When I'm when I'm sitting there working on working on a project, I'm never sitting there going, "Hmm, what word needs to come next? What this or that needs to happen here for it to work thematically?" Um, sometimes I'm like that, but 90% of the time, I just need to play with something the same way you do, like you know, a fiddle toy. Yeah. Um, and and so so much of my creative process is I'm not doing anything right now. I'm going to get a piece of paper and start drawing, or I'm having all of these thoughts run through my brain because my brain just does that all the time. I'm Mm -hmm. going to start writing some of them down and maybe they'll become lines in a film or parts of a poem. Um, yeah. So you you said that's separate to like artistic process that isn't that artistic process. Well, no, I I guess it is. I I think the reason I separated is because there's also an element of the artistic process that I have that is, you know, significantly more, I guess, like traditional yeah. sitting down. I do sit there and think, all right, how do I want to structure this so it works thematically? But yeah. usually that's a thousand cobbled together pieces of little things that I've done in those moments of fiddling. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a Google Docs that is just thousands upon thousands of Word document or Google documents that um, have just lines I've written or ideas or bits of structure or concepts. Um, and then if I'm ever writing something and I think, oh, I need a passage mm-hmm. that is about, you know, mourning for a family member, I'll go back through and maybe at some point I had an intrusive thought pop through my brain about, oh, what if my auntie died right now? And mm-hmm. I have this terrifying description of how that that horror felt. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh, cool. This just goes in here, tweak it a little bit. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but that's that's never throwing anything away, right? That's... No, I love it. And I like, I, I save everything. Even if I write something that is offensive and <laughs> awful and terrible. Yeah. Um, you have to though. I, I save it. I, I really. <laughs> That's do. how people write good stuff: is they write offensive, terrible, awful stuff first. And some of that offensive, terrible, awful stuff, I go back and I read it, and once I can get past the oh my god, I actually wrote that. Yeah. There's there's often some stuff mm-hmm. in there because it was so raw and visceral. There's yeah. there's something really excellent in there that I just sort of have to you know get mm-hmm. rid of all the other crap around it and pick it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some some of my favorite lines that I've written and stuff just came from other places that. In the context of what I 
sort of released it in, yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell where it came from. But you see that and it's like, oh my, oh my goodness, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, you, you sort of, I don't know, it's just the way you couched it was like it was kind of not a real way or it wasn't an authentic way. But like the, the metaphor that uh, like an artistic process has been said, explained to me is like the, the idea or the, or the work is an island, right? Mm. And everyone has to get to the island. Mm. But some people like swim and some people are on a surfboard. Mm. Some people are on a jet ski. Some people are on a sailboard. Like it, there's all these different ways you can get to the island. Yeah. But you, the process doesn't matter. Like the process matters to you. But you don't swim and then if you look over and go, I wish I was on a jet ski, mm. then you might lose your, the rhythm of your swimming. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm sitting there, you're looking at everyone swimming and I'm on the bottom of the ground with my concrete block. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. I really wish I was up there right now. But yeah, I make it work. Yeah. I make it work. Yeah, um, you can just drag it, you know, keep dragging it along. Yeah. Go back. It's, it's interesting we've ended up talking about this because... I'm I'm working really hard on a project at the moment, and mm-hmm. that's what it's that's what it's about. Yeah, um, it's about sort of having a sincere relationship with your art, and it, it looks at some characters who all have really different perspectives on that. Right, um, now, and, and this makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the reason that I mean I don't what the question I have is why are you in Canberra for so long? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so, so you moved to Brisbane. I moved to Brisbane. Um, I moved to Brisbane because. Um, a good friend of mine lives up there and he's got a bit of a network for making films and stuff. Right. Um, and I also just, you know, just got a little bit sick of Canberra, I guess. You know, it's, it's a bit difficult, you know, walking through a place mm-hmm. where you have so many memories and you know so many people. This is, yeah, if we, um, for listeners out there, if you listened to Min Goodwin's chat a few weeks ago, you would know exactly yeah. the same thing was said. I feel like this podcast is going to have an awesome history of... Like, if, if, if anyone in the future needs to know what Canberra is like right now, yeah. just go and listen to these podcasts because there are going to be some awesome... There's going to be an awesome picture painted. Yeah, there. it's like the people who... If you grow up here, and I think if you grow up here and you are atypical, if I can use that term, mm-hmm. then I don't know if Canberra is the place for you. It's interesting you say that because that's exactly why I'm here. Um, I'm moving back to Canberra. Oh. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is because I, that project I was, I was just telling you about then, um, I started writing it and I started realizing, okay, this is the thing. Um, I, I'm always writing projects. I'm always doing a million things, but I never, I never commit to any of them. Right. Um, and then one day something will happen and all of a sudden everything's in for that. And for the next year or two years, everything's that. And I'll do little side projects, projects here or there. I'll work with other people on their projects, but that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and very little other stuff comes out of that. Um, and that happened for that project. Right. And I started sort of immediately when I'm writing, even though there's, there's all this creative process going, my brain always goes to like a production standpoint. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I'm very practical with the types of and stuff also, I want to make. I mean, you've made, a, you've made a number of short films now. Yeah. So I'd, I'm guessing that's part of when you start the process. Yeah. Is, how can I make this? Exactly. And I think just just like sort of looking at my peers when it comes to making films, there's no shortage of people who are really hardworking and have brilliant ideas mm-hmm. and also, you know, hit both of those categories, you know, much, much better than I do. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the thing that allows me to sort of really create a lot of that art is immediately I ask myself the question, but can I actually do this? Right. And if I can't, I write it down as an idea. I flesh it out as much as I want, but I don't commit to it. It's mm-hmm. just another one of those hundreds of projects that yeah. I have sitting there. The ones that I commit to are the ones where I can ask the question, can I do this? And it's, well, yes. Or yeah. yes, but we just have to do this. And then I start doing whatever that is. And I had that moment um, in Brisbane and I thought, can I do this? And I go, yes, but I can't do this in Brisbane. Right. Um, that was solidified for me when we came down here to screen the films. Yeah. Um, so let me just... So a few months ago, you just said, hey, I'm coming to Canberra. I'm, I'm showing my all the short films yeah. <laughs> uh, that I've made. Hand, hand-rolled. Hand-rolled, yeah. Hand-rolled productions. That's that's what it is right now, but I think we can't... Act. 
there's there's a music production company right. called Handrolled, so I don't think we can actually use that. But uh, who knows what it'll yeah. what will land on. And you're like, and we're showing them at like Dendi yep. Cinema, at the actual cinema in Canberra. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah. You you give Dendi some money and then hope that you make it back with the tickets. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh no, we just booked it. And I was like, you can do that. It's amazing what things you can do that you never think of. Yeah. So you're just like, all right, well, we'll just book out the cinema, mm-hmm. and then we'll sell tickets to the to the short films that you've made, yeah. and hope that you sell enough tickets to make yeah. the money back to pay Danny. Did you make enough money? Yeah, I can ask? yeah. So we we so. made the money back, and then um, the rest of the money went to um, the woman that I'd hired to to help. That's what I was going to ask. How did you get in contact yeah. with her? Because so she has a production company. Yeah. Or? So she's actually someone who. Um, so what was her name? We're Sarah Stevens. Sarah Stevens. Yeah. Um, so she she's lovely. Her whole family is lovely. Um, and her younger her younger sister is actually a filmmaker as well, and has some of the most amazing cinematography I've right. ever seen ever. Um, she did Wake. Right. That was her film in yeah. the in the screening. Um, and um, Sarah and I went to church together when we were kids, and then I went to the same school as her. I started going to the same school as her in grade six. Yep. And she was, you know, one of the main people I already knew at the school. And her and I teamed up um, for our design technology class, our woodworking class in grade six. And we had to make a bridge made of paddle pop sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did. And I think we got a B plus. And she did all of the work. And I sat there fiddling with the paddle pop sticks and making all sorts of contraptions and bullshit. And she was very resilient. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And we... You mean, I mean in dealing with you? In dealing with me, yeah. <laughs> right, and, right, right. that B plus, oh, I think that was the highest grade I got in that class by by a long shot. Yeah. Um, and I think from that point, we've just had a... Um, uh, no, okay. I'm not going to make that joke. Okay. Um, I think... No, because I, I, I think like... I, I have a lot of respect for her, and I, I, I think after that point, obviously, she didn't really work want to work on projects with me again. Yeah. Um, but um, tons of mutual friends, tons. Yeah. Um, most of the actors in Mister Self Destruct, um, you know, are our mutual friends, yeah. and we stayed in contact. And she has been, she's put on some productions, some theater productions. She's um, done. She, she's published a couple video games on Steam um, that are like. Hmm. Uh, visual novels um so yeah just really business oriented with a really good work ethic really friendly um and i basically went up to her at some point and was like hey look i've got these film projects going on i reckon we're gonna have about an hour's worth of short films to show um one of them is you know this really big sort of project i'm putting everything into the other ones are sort of you know just a a bit of fun Mm um and um I am terrible at actually advertising my art and putting it out there mm-hmm. um, because it makes me, it, it terrifies me to do that. So can I get you to come along? You plan the event. I'll make all of the content and any profit we get off of that, you can take that as your pay. Mm-hmm. If we don't make profit off of it, then um, then like you know we just don't make profit off of it um, and we'll we'll pay for that. Um, but basically i just said to her look you know put this event on and you either make no money but don't lose any money yeah or you make a bit of money and you get the experience i guess and you know she was she was more than happy with that she just said the only condition is we have to have a red carpet event (laughs) Uh, and i was like oh okay and she's like you also have to talk you have to go up on stage at the end and talk and i'm like ah okay (laughs) um so yes i went i went to the event I was more than happy to go. Any any time, like an ex student's like, "Hey, I'm making short films and presenting them. Do you want to come?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course. Who's turning that down?" Um, and loved it. I loved loved watching it. It was so cool. I'm glad you liked it. And I had the same thought. Felix needs to get better at talking to the crowd. Yeah, gotta rev him up. Gotta rev him up. Yeah, it was it was funny because you've got um, you've got my brother. Go yeah. up at the stage, like, "Hey guys, how are we doing today?" James is pretty much the yeah. person you want. Yeah, from, from amazing the stage. MC. I said, I said you were just channeling your inner, your inner Adam, <laughs> um, and he was like, "You know, I was." <laughs> um, yeah, and I got up, and obviously I talked, and I tried to keep it pretty concise, and I think I did, but I was just so like, "Whoa, man!" Yeah. It was like you at, at the Radiohead concert. Mm-hmm. It was me, and all of a sudden I was. It's too big, right? Like you, yeah. ha- you that had been everything. Yeah. You know, you'd worked for and the and, and the stress and the 
and of the day, I imagine, like the actual yeah. day of the event must have been and pretty stressful. Like, as well, um, there was there was a, a lovely woman who was who was my my date to the event, and she's now she's my now my girlfriend. Um, and that was the second day we'd actually spent in in person together yeah. because we'd been talking for ages before that point, um, but it was because she was a customer of mine and she would come into my store just right. to talk to me yeah. and buy Animal Crossing cards off of me and ask me about <laughs> games she didn't actually want to buy because she wanted to just talk to me. Right. And then when I left for Brisbane, she came into the store and asked after me and then I heard about that and then found her on social right. media and then we were talking. Um, but I came down to Canberra to do my screening and that was the first time that we'd actually had the chance to hang out. Right. So she's like my girlfriend of one day wow. and has to meet 200 people who are there to see my films, including just all of the, my extended family? Intense, like the intense energy of it as well. Like mm. it was really that was that was what I really loved about it. Was just that was just a really positive room of yeah. people. Like we want this to do well. We a lot of us haven't seen it. We hope it's good. We don't want to have to lie. Yeah. Don't want to have to be like, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's really interesting because um. I'm really glad the way we structured the event because yeah. there, were, there were five films yeah. and the first three were just really goofy. Yeah. Um, sort of like um, intentionally, like little short films, the sort of things you'd see, like almost skits, like yeah. only a slightly higher production value than, than a skit. Um, but I wanted to put those there because it's like this will tell people that they're allowed to laugh. Yeah. You know, these films, are. Th this project is meant to be funny. Um, and then we had Wake, which was Steph's film, which yeah. I just want to be clear, I, I had no involvement in. She, yeah. she made that totally separate from me. Um, I just wanted to see that film on the big screen, yeah, to be honest. Absolutely. I was like, Steph, give me your film, give me your film. Yeah. Um, and she that, that one came on and that one was a lot more dramatic yeah. and had also a, a significantly more um, cinematic style to yeah. it. And so that, again, became a direct contrast and people were like, oh. And there might have been a couple of laughs at the start because people are coming off the others, but then they sort of get brought down into it and it's like, yeah. wow, this is significantly more brooding and menacing, especially yeah. because of the soundtrack in that film. Um, and that perfectly primed everyone. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Bit. Well, that makes, that makes that's really well structured. I didn't think of that, but you're right. Yeah. You needed that. The menace was important yeah. in yours as well as the humour. The fact that you got your brother... I can't even remember. What is he eating for cereal? Cornflakes. Yeah, but he he did something weird. He put the milk in first. Oh yeah, so that's actually that's an actu that's actually an intertextual reference. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I there are a couple that I knew of, but yeah, putting um, the milk in first. I was like, what is happening? Well, you remember you remember uh, milk crate? Yeah. So the character, the that's, main character in that does that yeah, as well. Right, right, right. And so that that's become a thing where right. if someone makes a bowl of cornflakes specifically, they, put they the accidentally put the milk in first and then they realize, then they put the cornflakes right, in, right, right. then they put the rest Well, in your milk. brother is like, like his persona in that though. I was like, oh, this is just how he eats cereal in a weird way. Good on him. Um. No, he, <laughs> my brother, it's funny because he always gets typecast as that kind of character. Not really. I saw I saw him he performed in the play. Oh, I mean here, no, in a way. For and a that way. was that was no, not completely that different. No, mm. I'm I'm specifically talking about short film stuff. Right, right, right. Um but that's exactly my point. His yeah. his range is massive. I think yeah. out of out of everyone I work with, James is is probably like He's pretty natural. He's he's one of the best actors because mm. he can do really big performances, but he can bring so much subtlety in. Yeah. And so he just sort of disappears into this stoner character and his performance doesn't stick out as much as no. it should. I know, I don't know. I think it does. Yeah. I, it's not showy, but it's it's I we're getting into the weeds here of like critiquing your film, but, uh, uh, but I'm all for it. I think he's the center of the film. You need yeah. him. He's the balance. Yeah. Even though he's like a low energy stoner, you you needed that in the film. I thought I thought he was the most important I, character I in in terms of the film, not not in terms of like the action, but he's like yeah. holds the whole thing together. And I feel I feel the same way. So his his character is Gus, yeah. and then he's got his best mate Chuck, um, who is scrawny and anxious, yeah, and has you know gross curly long hair, and um, he's sort of the the intense anxiety yeah. and then gus is like not comedic relief like he, he totally is but that that's selling what he does yeah no of. i know what you mean yeah it's it's not that's not his role yeah and i wanted both them as individuals and then also their friendship to sort of be a bit of a little bit more of a through line because 
if you have to deal with everything else in that film yeah. without that, like yeah. it's just going to be friggin' exhausting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. how long was the film? How long was it? Yeah. Uh, so the actual film minus the credits is 25 minutes. Right. So the, the compliment I'll give it is I, I had no idea how long the film went for. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like someone asked, like, how long was the... And I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? I, I just watched it. It wasn't really, you know, cognizant you yeah, of, the, cool. of how... I knew it was the, obviously a longer film. I, I was like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes? Like, mm. it just seemed like... I don't know. You, you, you have given your work, like, a time to breathe. Like, that was that was something from the previous short films that you made compared to this one was mm. there was a lot more like space yeah and that's good that's that's why I was talking to Betty and I'm like I just keep making films please because that kind of maturity just that only develops with making more and yeah. more of it I guess anyway um, I wanted to we'll have it on record of the compliment to James yeah. when, I, when I went to see the play that he did, he did a, a play called Away oh, yeah when I watched school productions as a former student who did drama mm. and was, we always did pissy, stupid, ridiculous things. When I go and see productions, I, al- I always think, oh, I wish we did something like that. I wish we had a theatre for a start and then the professionalism. And I always think, oh, I would have loved to have played that role. That would have been good. But him in that play, and this is, speaks to my ego of the compliment I will give him, was there was no way I would have been able to play those characters at that age yeah. like they had like all this I mean maybe they had really tremendous directors as well but like I was like they, they had so much nuance here and maturity and no way no yeah. a, a me at 18 would not have understood the text I, I, I mean it was kind of like realism mm. never could do realism I can do stupid and be like big characters I can do caricatures but to actually read a play and and have like a bit of adult nuance to it that's yeah. really impressive at like 18 anyway enough about james who cares about him no no look you're you're totally right i think um i mean obviously i'm biased because he's my brother but look let, let me let me let me flip that yeah if two brothers who are 18 months apart have endless good things to say about each other that's a phenomenal compliment because most brothers who are 18 months apart mm-hmm. want to tear each other's hair out. Especially at this age, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like... We should fucking hate each other. But <laughs> we'd never fight. The only times we fight is if I accidentally use his towel. Um, and even then, it's like, oh, yeah, I know I did that. I was too lazy to go get one. I was already dripping wet. I didn't want to do the awkward naked run, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think James is just a, a phenomenal human being. Like, both, both my brothers are just really stellar people hmm. who have just uh, just amazing hearts like and I, I feel like that's that's part of what makes James a really good actor because he has so much empathy that I can I can describe a character in a situation yep. and he'll be able to take that character and put them in any other situation mm-hmm. because he just he just intuitively understands oh th- this is what makes this person tick hmm. um, and so for a character like Gus um, Gus's character is someone who is a bit of a goofball and is also clearly pretty pretty out of it. Like not just because he's high all the time, but he's clearly pretty disassociated. He's, he's, he's pretty very, passive. Yeah, he's not very, you know, he's not very cognitive of the things going on around him. Um, yeah. But there's there's still there's still an overwhelming sort of humanity that flows from him. Yeah. Like he will he is always trying to you know pat his best mate on the back, even if you know people have just been tortured and stabbed and doorknobbed and whatever. Yeah. Um. He's he's still like, you're right, mate. You know, giving him a pat on we'll the back. We'll be right. <laughs> it's just there's this uncompromising sort of, yeah, right. You know, um, thing to him. And James James just immediately got that. And you know, so few questions on set about you know delivery or anything. Which obviously I'm totally fine with other actors mm-hmm. doing that. But just specifically for his process, he just empathizes with the character and gets it and does it. And I think on the note of what you were saying before, his character in a way. It's really interesting that he was able to play that character the way he did because I think when I see characters like that, they're played by people who have been that person before mm. and now are much older and can reflect and see that person for what they are yeah. and then play that character really well. Because even if you get mm. someone who was literally that character from away, um, for context, the character's you know, like a young man who's fairly insecure and fairly like, oh, I'm a man, um, but he's, 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 got, he's got a disease going on. 
um, that basically means he's going to die pretty soon. Mm. Um, so he has that sort of intense frag- you know, fragility, mm-hmm. or whatever the word is. Um, but yeah, I think James, you could get someone who was that person to play that character and they wouldn't play it as well as James mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have this, that you just can't have the self-awareness when you're in that moment. No. Um, and James... How, how do you play fragile but also have a deep appreciation for life? Yeah. I, like 17-year-old, no yeah. chance. And, but then on top of that, not only do you have that as the under-the-surface character you actually are, but that character is constantly presenting a facade yeah. and presenting different facades to, to his mother people, yeah. and the girl that he wants to get with. Yeah. And... That that facade only comes down when he starts talking to Grace Easterby's character yeah. in that, and I I'm I mean speaking of phenomenal actors like just everyone in that oh my yeah. goodness yeah which is awesome because with the screening you probably noticed about half of the actors that were in that play ended up being in the film yep um but yeah just endless praise for my brother and his his acting ability and his, <laughs> his character he's phenomenal all right well we we got to wrap it up I'm afraid we are oh, pressed right. for time cool uh but I wanted to say. You, you mentioned the next project you're doing is, seems to be a bit more personal yeah. to you as well. Yeah, well, um, a very wise um, old man once said to me, <laughs> um, you should, why do you write, why do you write gangst, why, why is it that young men always want to write gangster shit? Um, you should you should try writing from your own experience. <laughs> oh, he sounds very wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, Matt Barry has inspired me to go and take my my sort of oh, dear. own experience. Um, it's the the project. And I mean, again, I am committed to this now, but that could change in a month's time. Yeah. I might decide to drop mm-hmm. it and work on another project. But right now, it's a story about a group of people working on a film, and it's about having a sincere relationship with your art as opposed to um, just wanting to look like an artist. Mm. Or on the flip side of that being obsessed with the idea of sacrificing for your art to the point where it's destructive yeah instead just loving art and that being that and um i'm doing that through the lens of a bunch of dumb horny 20 year old teenagers all making a short film and it's going to shit (laughs) well i can't wait um yeah is there a place where people can see um mr mr self-destruct mr self-destruct um yeah so it's not out yet i'm currently um, sitting on it a little bit. One of the composers I had for it, she's re-recording the music she did because she really wants to um, just re-record it with mm-hmm. a better guitar. Um, so I'm waiting on that. I'm going and remastering all the audio and stuff. Um, and probably around the second week of January, mm-hmm. it'll be up on YouTube. Oh, cool. Um, and I'm going to advertise that on Facebook and Instagram um, and hopefully everywhere. And somehow you got Machine Gun Fellatio's Unset Letter yeah. to be the credit music. Yeah. Um, look, that's actually a complicated one. He said yes. Um, yeah, I remember you Matt, saying... Yeah, Matt Ford, um, yeah. Picky Beecroft, he said yes. Um, <laughs> the publisher who owns the master technically did not respond to us at all. Right, okay. So we were like, let's, eh. let's cross our fingers and just do this. But yeah. for the YouTube release... Yeah. Um, I've actually gotten that same composer I told you about. She's recorded a cover of the song right. um, for the intro credits. And it, it's interesting because it, it's a phenomenal cover, but it changes the tone quite a bit. Oh, cool. Not in a way that changes the film drastically, but just for that specific part. Um, and it's awesome. I'm really excited for people to hear her take on it because she has an amazing voice and a brilliant ability with the guitar. So Great song. Yeah. Great film. I so enjoyed yeah. it. Cool. Glad you like it. Thanks, Felix. Thank you. That's it.